Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. Just a few moments ago, we were asking what's the most silly thing you have done for love. And um, it's interesting, all the answers that were flying around. I noted what my wife said. Um, I wasn't the boyfriend. Um, um, but I've often said that one of the things that happens when you are in love is that it activates your mumu button. And um, if you don't understand what that is, I mean it activates your capacity for mumuhood. There is something about a wiring in humanity um, whereby it ensures that as love is activated, um, it deactivates some of the brain's capacity to reason clearly and objectively. It's like as love goes up, some things in your brain that you know, just seem to be deactivated. And so whether it is a Jacob in the Bible who is slaving for 14 years for this girl and being cheated and just doing all of that, or it is you spending yourself broke, you know, spending in this era where everybody's looking for cash. You used your last cash to go and visit her. You didn't ask how you come back, you know, and all of that. Um, or whether it's just you staring into blank space one of those days, crossing the road, absent-minded, and all of that because somebody was just all over your mind. Um, I, I do have stories of falling in a gutter, <laughs> but let's keep those stories for another day. Time will not permit. Um, but for real, can you think about how love has changed your life? Um, maybe you, earlier in the days, used to do like a hard girl, hard girl, hard guy, hard guy. And then love happens to you. Now you are hugging pillows at night. You are chanting people's names and playing love music on the background, you know, you know and all of that. It's interesting because for me recently, um, just in the last couple of weeks, I stumbled on one of my wife's old journals from the time when we were dating. Like, we were dating at that time and... So, you know what's interesting? If I knew what I have now known, I would not have even stressed myself that time. Like, so here you are on the outside for me and see what you're writing about this guy and, and all of that. But anyway, we thank God for all things. Um, but no matter how stupid what you have ever done for love is, I don't think it can ever come near, like ever come near to Samson's level of stupidity. Yorubas have this thing where they would say that um, and in case you don't know what that means, that means that it is not only I. It is not, it's not ordinary. It's not, it's not ordinary. That, that, that means like there's uh, jazz or whatever. I say what type of music is that? No, not jazz music. Like, like that, this is more than what we're seeing. It's not normal. Probably something more. I'll have us look at Samson's story together. I'm going to read a few verses from Judges 16. And I'm sure by the time we finish, you're also going to join me and you'll be asking Samson, Samson, are you normal? Are you, are you normal? Let's start from verse 4 of Judges chapter 16. Sometime after this, in the Sorek Valley, Samson fell in love with a woman whose name was Delilah. And the Bible says, the rulers of the Philistines confronted her and said to her, seduce him and find out what gives him such great strength and what we can do to overpower him so that we can tie him up and make him weak. Then we'll each pay you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said, Samson, please tell me. Please tell me what gives you such great strength and how you can be tied up and made weak. Samson replied, if somebody ties me up with seven fresh bowstrings and I'm dried out, I'll become weak. I'll be like any other person. So the rulers of Philistine brought her seven fresh bowstrings and all of that. And she tied him up and they set up an ambush. And then she says in verse 9, Samson, the Philistines are on you. And he just snapped it like a thread of fiber snaps when it touches a flame. 
So the secret of his strength remained unknown. And in verse 10, Delilah said to Samson, you made a fool out of me and you lied to me. Now, please tell me, please tell me, how can you really be tied up? Like, are we really asking these questions? <laughs> and Delilah said to Samson and all of that, he goes on, he tells her again that, and she calls out, set an ambush, he snapped it from his hands. In verse 13, Delilah comes, she now says, up to now, you have made a fool of me, you've lied to me, tell me. Can you be tied up? He replied, if seven braids on my hair were loose. Okay, so in verse 14, she got him to fall asleep and all of that. And then she shouts again, Samson. He woke up and he loosed it. And she said to him in verse 15, how can you say I love you? When a lady starts with this. <laughs> when you won't trust me. Three times now you have made a fool out of me and not told me what gives you such great strength. So verse 16, these are heavy words. She nagged him with her words day after day and begged him until he became worn out to the point of death. So in verse 17, he, he told her his whole secret. He said to her, no razor has ever touched my head because I've been in Nazareth from God and he told her everything. And so, in verse 19, she got him to fall asleep with his head on her lap. Then she called a man and had him shave off. So she even had other men. She had them shave off seven braids of Samson here, and he began to weaken and his strength left him. So she called out, Samson, the Philistines are on you. He woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll escape just like the other times and shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. So in verse 21, so the Philistines captured him, put out his eyes and took him down to Gaza and they bound him with bronze chains and he worked the grinding mill in the prison. You know, it's interesting for me because Samson and Delilah, they are not married. They are not even engaged. I'm not even sure they are dating. Okay, he loves her. Probably they're in the talking stage. And this babe is just every day asking, what is your secret? How can I ruin you? Like, <sighs> every date night, every time they go out, every meal they're having, every hookup, every conversation is all about, how can I ruin you? And, you know, it's interesting because she's actively trying to. It's not like, oh, like, what's your secret? I'm not even thinking about She's trying to. You can see her trying it every single time. Look at Judges 16, 16. She nagged him with her words. Like, this is talking stage. Day after day, and begged him until he became worn out to the point of death. She's nagging, frustrating him to the point of death. You know, what she's asking, a modern-day equivalent. Maybe you're like, uh, well, let me give you a modern-day equivalent. It's like you're in talking stage with someone. She says, what's your pain? <laughs> or what's your bank app password? And every day she's asking. So she's always asking for bank. And she, then you wake up. You now see her trying what you told her. Oh, so first time it doesn't work. And she's not, no, yeah, now yeah, tell me. Like, what are you up to here? <sighs> and I'm like, I like you, but we're not even dating yet. Um... But do but you know what I don't get? Samson goes on seeing her, talking. All the red flags are waving at Samson. He's using the color of the flag to choose Ashwabi. Like, Samson, are you normal? Are you normal? But, but did, you, did you notice the words in Judges 16 verse 4? That Samson fell in love with a woman whose name was Delilah. It was a love question. Guys in love. He fell in love. You see, Love is a strong thing. In Song of Solomon chapter 8, verse 6, it says, the passion of love bursting into flame is more powerful than death. Stronger than the grave. Like, love is strong. Look at that in the Message Bible. The fire of love stops at nothing. 
It sweeps everything before it. Love is a strong thing. Let me ask somebody around you. Say, have you been there before? Have you been there? Hopefully not as stupid as Samson, but like, have you been here before? <laughs> because here is Samson. Samson is anointed. Samson is appointed for a purpose of God. He is supernaturally strong. You know everything about Samson. Samson is strong. He will carry city grades. He will kill a thousand men. But now Samson's mumu button, when it is activated times 1,000, it just goes. Samson is in love. Don't miss those words. Samson loved Delilah. And where, where I'm going today, I'm just going to share something for a foundation, really general. I'm, I'm not, you know, going to go into technicalities of, you know, which type of love is it. Uh, um, is he in love or is it I love or he likes strongly or is it agape, is it filio? Is it, uh, uh, the point is, something had something strong that he was feeling towards Delilah. Do you understand? That's, that's, that's what I'm emphasizing on today. To which maybe somebody sitting here today will probably say, yes, that's the point. I don't want all that love for Allah. That's the point. I will guard my heart from this whole love thing. You see, love has ruined the world. I know many guys that have been scammed. I know many women that are just trying to take advantage of guys. All men are scammed. This one is that. I've just, you know, hard guy, hard girl. I will, you know, this heart was not even made to love. And I think it's like saying, it's like saying, I know people that went to university, got certificates, and really are doing stupid things with their certificates. And say, I will not go to school. Like, no, no. You know, the fact that somebody does it in the wrong way doesn't mean there's not a right way to do it. You know, or, or you know people that have money and are spending it foolishly. You now say, I don't want to have money. <laughs> you know, you get what I'm saying? So, please stay with me today because to fight a thing in you that I believe wants to love, that has that reaching out, that God thing within us, to fight it, to fight being on that pursuit, I think is to fight God's very beautiful creation design. That we were wired by God with a love capacity. We were designed to love and to be thriving in our loving and in our living by our capacity to love, by that thing in us that reaches out in love. God put like a speck of himself in us. They say it's a God thing within us. I feel like when God made Adam and he brought, made Eve and brought Eve to Adam, I feel like God stepped back and as he saw Adam just having a thing for Eve, like God smiled at it, like, yeah, there's, like, oh, mommy, like, there's something, like, yeah, good stuff. Like, I feel like it's a God thing. Samson's problem was not being in love. It was nothing about love. Samson's problem was being in love with Delilah. Let me tell you, let me tell you for a moment about Satan. You know, we have this big enemy, Satan. The thing with Satan is that Satan is not creative. Satan doesn't create. Satan, his big thing is that he manipulates what God has created. And so God has a beautiful design and then God creates and God sets things and God has a beauty. And Satan works around the clock, does everything he can to manipulate, to spoil the order, to spoil the experience of God's beauty. He's simply a spoiler. Satan tries to manipulate and mess up the beautiful experience that God creates in his design. It's like I bring you to a buffet. Let me bring, I take you to a buffet. There's all this amazing food set out and there's the buffet line and it's so amazing, like food from all over the world and all of that. And then we're like, oh, you're welcome. Please start from here. And on this side where you're starting from, you pick up a plate and then you start looking through all the options and then taking what you want to take and all of that. And then you walk down the line and all. But now you come to the buffet and you know what Satan does? There's the beautiful buffet. I can't 
can't do anything about the food. I can't stop you from coming in. So what Satan will do all that he can do is to say, you know, instead of going to start from where you should start from, he'll say, come, can you smell? Can you smell that, that, that porridge? Can you smell it? Can you smell it? And then you now go. And you say, hey, how did this smell it? So, and then you now t- take porridge and put it on your hand and take something else and put it and put soup. And, and now you are messed up in a beautiful thing. And so it's nothing about him creating evil or creating. It's just about him spoiling the experience, messing up what God has designed in his good nature. And as I think about that, I think one of the best blessings that God will give you in your life is the blessing of order. For example, God gives sex, like beautiful sex. God puts it in a context. And so he's like, Christians, see, God, was not smart enough to create it. It's a blessing from God. It's a beautiful thing, but he puts an order. And so he puts in a context of marriage. But you know what Satan would do? He would work hard and round the clock to say, come and smell, come and taste, come and just, just lick without eating. And so here you are, licking, tasting, I did it, I did it, smelling, messing up a beautiful order. Go, if you see, if you want, go and take plates and come and start serving. Come look at somebody, say, is it time to marry? Anyway, don't let's talk about it. But, but, but God puts it in a beautiful order and what the devil works hard to do is to just mess it up. And so it doesn't spoil the fact that it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing being used in a destructive way. It's like somebody today gives you a 50-liter keg of fuel. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Hmm? It's a blessing. Right? <laughs> it's a blessing. Right? No, no. somebody gives you a 50-liter keg of fuel. And then you get home, you have a five-year-old child. And then you see your five-year-old child drinking out of it. It is a beautiful thing being used in a destructive way. So anyway, here's where I'm going today. Satan has taken Samson's passion to love, that burning fire, the beautiful God thing, and he has made him devoted to Delilah. So same Delilah. Have you ever dealt with that feeling of loving Delilah? Like I... I love Delilah. The, the point is not like I'm making, I'm actually saying like I love Delilah. That's, that's what Samson will tell you. Here you are going right back to a habit that is destroying you. Like day after day. And why? Because I love it. It's not like I'm just trying to be there, but I love it. I love Delilah night after night. You know this is bad. You know it is destructive. You can see where it's taking you to. You know this is not of God. You know this is not God's plan for my life, but there's just, I just, Love Delilah. Love Delilah. Maybe for you, Delilah is not a person. Maybe it's even a place. Like every time you walk away from that place, you kind of know, I shouldn't be there. And you're like, I'm not going there again. I'm not, I'm not going there again. I'm not going back there, I promise. But here you are for the last five years because you just love Delilah. Love been given excuses that no longer hold because every time you want to go back there, it's just a story of actually love Delilah. Now you're avoiding people. Maybe you're even avoiding God now because you love Delilah. Person, place, thing, habit. It's just the way we, that thing in us that is wired with passion, but the problem now is that it is devoted to Delilah. Samson loved Delilah. If he just, oh, Samson visited Delilah, maybe we'll just tell him, oh, don't go there again. But the point is, He loves her. Love is strong. And by the way, love is a very real human feeling. So maybe this morning you're like, okay, so are you trying to say I should only love perfect people? You know, 
Samson should love Deborah, not Delilah, you know. Please don't miss my point. This is a real bigger story. What I want you to see with what's happening with Samson and Delilah is a bigger story. It's a picture of, on one hand, the chosen of God, the called of God, the people of God, and then the enemies of the covenant. This is the Philistines. These are those who, typology, are the enemies. God says, don't go there. Don't be there. And so this is a picture of a life called to God's plan of loving, and then he's loving what is not of God. It's a picture who is somebody who is about God's assignment, giving room in their lives to satanic compromise. And my prayer today is that every one of us will walk out of this room today or wherever you're following service, every one of us will end today not just seeing a story of something, but I believe a story of ourselves. And maybe even more than that, a story of Jesus. Because Samson, see, if angels don't understand this strong feeling you're having, you know, what is, what is wrong with Samson? See, we understand. Understand what it means to have a strong feeling for a direction or for something. Because, because you love. You love. Um, acting this way because you love Delilah. So let's, let's break it out this morning. What I want to do today is that if we could sit with Samson, travel forward to, to Judges chapter 16, which we read, and if we get to verse 21, and we sit with Samson at the end of this story, the Philistines captured him, they put out his eyes, they took him down to Gaza, they bound him with bronze chains, and he, and he worked grinding mill in the prison. Like, very sad place for Samson to be. If we travel forward to Samson here, and we sit down with him, and we're asking him, Samson, what have you learned? What have you learned now? That Samson, we started out with that story of you love Delilah, and then here you are at the end in a very sad place. What have you learned, Samson, about this, your love story? I think there are four things that Samson would say, probably, that would jump out at us. Four just simple advice that Samson would give us. So the first thing I'm going to say, and that's what I want to do today, and then I would land. The first thing I'm going to say today is, hey, Samson will tell you, be very careful when you have a way of always having your way. Be careful when you have a way of always having your way. You see, for Samson, this strong guy, he could really just bulldoze through everything. Samson was supernaturally strong, not just in arms, but he was strong-willed. He will. Let me show you the pattern of Samson's life. If we go back to Judges 14, we were reading Judges 16 now. Let's go two chapters back. Judges 14, let's take it from verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah. He saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and he told his father and mother, saying, I've seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore... Get her for me as a wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren? Among all my people. Sam said, This is wrong. You're not supposed, God commanded us not to, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. Don't rush you. If you are Samson's father, let me tell you what life would be like as Samson's father. You don't argue with Samson unnecessarily. You know what your son has been doing around. Then he will now come. This is what life is like for in Manoah's family. When they wake up in the morning and, they, and the wife is asking him, what do you want for breakfast? He'll say, ask Samson first. Anything Samson wants, I want. You know, don't, don't let's start because if Samson gets angry, so you can only try and beg him gently and all of that. But just look at the picture. This guy is basically bullying his parents and telling them, she pleases me, get her for me. By Judges 15, the next chapter, that marriage, of course, I mean, what, what do you do when Samson says, got married, that marriage went bad. What basically happened is that his father-in-law misbehaved with him and all of that, and Samson was angry. So Samson goes, picks up 300 foxes, ties their tails, sets fire on all the Philistine fields, and everybody, ah, who did this? They say, Samson, 
They can't face up. So they went to the man and his daughter. They killed both of them and burned them and all of that. that blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so Samson's marriage failed. And then now um, he's just in that space. Then 1,000 Philistines who were foolish enough came to meet him and were angry and all. So he picked up um, Jobun of an ass. This is Judges 15. He killed 1,000 of the Philistines. Now, we get to chapter 16, and this is where chapter 16 starts. If we take it from verse 1, Samson traveled to Gaza. While there, he saw a prostitute. So just be tracking what's happening. Ah, man, he has just lost his wife. Um, he sees a prostitute, and so he just had sex with her. In verse 2, the word spread among the people of Gaza. They say, hey, Samson has come here. Okay, so they circled around and waited. You know, everybody's taking ambush and all of that. They kept quiet all night long, thinking we'll kill him at the first light of the morning. So verse 3, Samson slept only half the night. He got up in the middle of the night, grabbed the doors of the city gate and the two gate posts and pulled them up with the bar still across them. And he put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill. That's beside Hebron. So, so you see how this guy's life is going. Like one time you like a girl, you tell parents, you just go to one person, you live there, they're trying to kill you. Just carry the whole city gate. This is verse 3, now verse 4. Verse 4 is, Samson loved Delilah. So you see the context of where he's coming from? That he has been sleeping with a prostitute. I mean, he's just living in his sexual fantasies, doing whatever he wants to do. He has been doing power stunts, you know, just that absoluteness. No, nobody can, who is talking to me? I kill them, I carry the gate and all of that. He has been bullying his father and his mother. He's not healing from his broken relationship and all of that. All those mistakes, everything happening at them. Bam! I love Delilah. And what I want to say today is be careful of when you have a way of always having your way, especially when you know you're doing wrong stuff. Be careful. Simply put, Samson was just not in a right place to be able to trust his love feeling. The guy is broken. He's failing. He's doing all these things on the outside, using macho to cover everything. But the truth is, this guy is broken. Like, he's just living, doing, you know, just all over the place. Even with Delilah, it was the same mindset of, see, I'll just do what I want to do. And with Delilah, Judges 16, by the time you read verse 20, when she called out, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Listen to his words. He woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll escape just like the other times and shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. Let me tell you, friends, the fact that nothing seems to happen when you do wrong is not God condoning wrong. It is God giving you room to repent. For Samson, it was his strength. Like, you know, I can, I just have a way of having my way. For some of you, it might be anything else. For some of you, it's woman power. You have a way of having your way. You know, can just use woman power. They're trying to talk, you just change it. You know, you know, there's one part where it's just you being emotional. There's another part where you're just being manipulative. You just change it. You can cry your way to anything. Cry your way to another level. Cry your way to breakthrough. Cry your way to change your husband. But anything, just cry your way to. Be careful when you have a way of always having your way. And so what you do is that the people in your world step away from objectivity. And they just, they're just victims of your manipulation. For some of you, it's your words. You know that you can talk your way around anything. You see any situation, just give me two minutes. You know, whether you will massage people's ego, whether you will, but you just have a way of having your way. Um, for some, it's your money. You just believe that uh, this country, yeah, people are stressed too, but I can buy my way around anything. Like, anything that's happening in town. Yeah, 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 it's hard, but, you know, all I need to do is I just park somewhere, make eye contact with someone in there, and, you know, we both know what's up. 
I can buy my way around anything, right? Anything happening, you know, you get to an airport. Just wink eyes. If you wink eyes at the right place, it's just it's, it's, life is not stressed. One day my brother went for a wedding reception. This was many, many years ago, and I won't tell you which of my brothers because they always say I always cast my first brother. But um, <laughs> this was... This was many, many years ago. So he goes for a wedding reception and he gets there. You know this thing on servers and they're still serving from one side. And he was just angry. And the thing is, he wanted to eat this party jollof. You know there's one thing about a uh, party jollof. He just called one of the servers, gave me one kid. Like, don't, don't let me start. That one just came. Everybody was saying, come. <laughs> you know? Be careful when you have your way. Of always having your way. Especially when you know you're doing wrong stuff. So the second thing I'm going to say today is that you need, Samson will tell you, you know what, as I look over at this whole love story, you need honest people in your life. Samson will tell you how I wish I had honest people that were not intimidated by my status or by my achievements or anything. I wish I had honest people. I wish I had people that could call me out when I was blurry in judgment. I am not asking whether you have, listen, I'm not asking whether you have accountability partner. I'm asking whether you are actually accountable. It's one thing to have title that, ah, this is my mentor, this is my... I'm asking, are you actually accountable? Two things that you need, people that are... Two things that people, what I'm talking about. Number one, they should be positioned and secondly, empowered to be honest with you. Do you have people that are positioned and empowered? Some people are positioned, but they're not empowered. Some people are empowered, but they're not positioned. You know, don't claim accountability to someone that doesn't even know anything going on in your life. I'm saying, are there, is there that sense of positioning and empowerment for people to be honest with you? Just like it is with life generally, um, I would say the same with love. Don't go, don't go solo when you're talking about a love story. Samson didn't... I'm looking at Samson, I'm saying, Samson, didn't you have, didn't you have a guy, didn't you have a friend, didn't you have a, a mentor that, that you can tell, that you can tell, man, you know, this is how I'm feeling, oh, this is what's up, oh, ah, this baby's asking me for my pain every day, like, you know, Samson, who do you listen to? Where are your guys? Where are your people? Where are your mentors? You met a girl today. And the whole conversation is already, how can she ruin you? And you're still there. Who is talking to you, Samson? You go to NYC camp today. Three-week camp, oh. Within three weeks, you are dating somebody you didn't know three weeks ago. Who are you listening to? Who is, who is, what are you drinking? Eh? How do you do it? Say, because we're in the same platoon. Who is something? Who is holding you accountable about that prostitute you are sleeping with? Who knows about it? Something who knows about how you every night you are feasting on porn and the thing is messing up your mind and all of that. And now and today you're waking up, of course, because you are strong on the outside and you're coming out and putting a performance. But something who knows about your brokenness inside? Who is walking that journey with you? How are you healing from that your last relationship disappointment? How are you healing from it? A great relationship or a great marriage, listen, it's not just two people that become isolated from the world. No. I believe it's two people who are doing life together in commitment to each other, but they have a new world around them. The issue is something, maybe you're not getting me well today, but my, the issue is something loved Delilah. He loved her. It's not just like, I'm just, he loved her. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's true. It's a real human feeling. He loved Delilah. I'm not saying you don't need, you don't love her. I'm not saying you don't love her, but I'm saying you need that person that will tell you, guy, you are not going to make that call. 
Give me your phone. You are not making that call. Lie, lie. Go and pick beans. You are not making that call. You need that person in your life. <laughs> You're not going to be... You need that person that will tell you, stop, stop talking to that woman that is not your wife. Something more is happening there. You need that person that will call you out and tell you, why are you going for lunch every day with this person? Something is happening. You say, no, no. Uh-uh. You need that person. <laughs> you need that person in your life. See, something, you didn't lose it just because you love Delilah. I think there was just no honest people around you. You need, you need friends. See, maybe I'm saying you. We need, we need friends and people in our lives that will tell us, you are not okay. Because the truth is sometimes we're not okay. We're not. <laughs> we're in love. Something is happening. And I'm not talking about people in your world that, you know, you don't even know if they're jealous of you. You don't even know. So, ah, they are enemies of my progress. I'm keeping it. I'm talking of like safety. People that you know love you. God will put those kind of people in your life. You know love you. I'm not okay. Oh. Hmm? Are you normal? You will say, ah. See, my advice for you. Let me give you free advice this morning. Don't worry. Free. A strong love story is going to be built around strong structures. Not just how you felt on a Friday night. A strong love story is going to be built around strong structures. Okay, so let me tell you the third thing Samson will probably tell you. I'm going to land shortly. Third thing Samson will tell you is your love story must be more than how you feel in a moment. Your love story must be more than how you feel in a moment. Hey, we're not here to say something you didn't feel some way when you saw Delilah and all of that. You did, you know, the way you feel and all of that. Samson loved Delilah, he loved it, but that is in, in itself is not the basis for a love story direction. I'm not denying the burning feeling that you feel after watching that movie, or you know, or how Delilah is really all over your mind. I know for some of you, it's Delilah, not even just a person, maybe it's Delilah of a habit. Like, I'm not denying how you feel and that strong desire, like, of what, what alcohol will do to you. Like, you don't understand, like, I love it. I, or, or, or when you just weed and you just feel all right, eh? I love it. I'm not denying it. Like it's a real feeling. It's a strong feeling. But if you be honest with yourself today, this is what I would suggest to you. If you be honest, at some point when you say I'm in love with Delilah, it is equals to I am making decisions and being in places and situations that allows Delilah to have a hold on my heart. At some point. At some point, it, it has gone beyond how you felt one day. It has gone to... Um, putting myself in positions and making decisions that are allowing Delilah to have a hold on my heart. It's the same thing in the positive. Let me show you in positive. When I say, oh, I'm in love with my wife. We got married nine years this year and maybe dating, maybe three years before that and all of that, right? So that first 12 years ago, oh man, I love you and all of that. She was for me, hard girl, hard girl. Okay. Now, if today I say I'm in love with my wife, it is equals to I have been making decisions, putting myself in positions and all of that, that make her have a hold on my heart. It's not just what happened? It is a build-up. Where there's no wood, the fire will burn out. And in the same way, in the negative, when you say, oh, you don't understand that, I just love Delilah. I'm saying something I get, but I'm saying that way you are feeling is because you are making decisions, putting yourself in position. Why are you texting every day? Why are you checking that status? What is it doing? Why are you? You are making decisions and putting yourself in positions. Why are you following our brother now on Instagram? You are making decisions and putting yourself in positions that align yourself, align her to have a hold on your heart. At some point, your love story must be more than how you feel in a moment. 
I guess what I'm saying, guys, is you cannot merely allow your erection to determine your direction. Keep looking straight. Do they still have space in Sikamo Kids? Some people need to go there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I just guess what I'm trying to say is if you didn't get it, don't ask anybody. When feelings is all that there is to a love story, it's just about how you feel. And it becomes sensual. It becomes sensual. That's, in fact, what many times just leads to immorality. A strong love story is more than feelings. It is righteous conviction. It is principled. The thing with Delilah is that Delilah takes you out of your own. Delilah, the things that you have always valued, suddenly, they don't matter anymore. See, I believe traditions change. I believe practices change as we evolve, as we, you know, things you used to do, you don't do again, or some things you do in a more modern way, or technology helps you do some things differently and all of that. Traditions change, practices change. But be careful when you start watering down or changing your values or your principles. Be careful. How you feel in a moment doesn't have to be a direction that you follow. Oh, I feel one of the big questions about Dave. Man, I, I'm strongly looking forward to doing a teaching on this later in the year. I feel strongly attracted to the same sex. A feeling doesn't have to direct, determine a direction. At some point, it is equals to I am making decisions, I am burning fires that make me be in a position. Anything God does is holistic. It is when God works, when God calls you to something, it is holistic. It is proven through patience. It's not rushed. It's not pressuring. It's proven with truth, with consistency. Anything God does is holistic. The fourth thing that I think Samson will tell us this morning, if we meet Samson at the end of this, I'm just following the love in my heart and where it landed me and we're asking him, Samson, what do you learn now that you look back? I believe Samson will tell us fourthly this morning that the only thing that can fix your worship disorder it's true worship. <laughs> I wish Samson knew Matthew 22, verse 37 to 38, that Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And in verse 39, he says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe asking, what does this have to do with romantic relationship? I'm glad you asked. Listen, it has everything to do with it. When your human body is sick, right, there can be many symptoms that manifest a sickness. And so, for example, if you have malaria, you can be complaining about joint aches, you can be complaining about a headache, uh, something like that. If you have maybe a kidney failure, you can be complaining about, you know, some symptom or, or the other and all of that. If you have HIV, whatever, any sickness, there are symptoms that manifest the sickness. And the point is, what you're treating, you are not just treating to deal with symptoms. You're trying to treat the sickness. You don't just say, oh, I have malaria. I'm trying to treat joint pain. No, you are trying to cure malaria so that the joint pain will be resolved. Amen, anybody? Because it's the sickness that is causing the joint pain. And I'm asking Samson, what is going on with you? What's going on with you, Samson? Today, joint ache. Tomorrow, headache. Tomorrow, that. What is going on with you, Samson? There is something at the root of all of this that is leading to all those expressions. 
And many times people are so big just trying to deal with an addiction, trying to deal with this, and you just feel like the biggest issue in my heart is I just can't control myself in this area. Or the way my heart is burning, I just can't. And But something I'm saying, there's something at the root. Today, you are loving that Philistine woman. Tomorrow, you're sleeping with a, with a prostitute. Next day, you're just killing people for no reason. Next day, you are using God's anointing in every manipulative way. Next day, you are just loving Delilah. I'm saying something, don't just treat the symptoms. There's something at the root. And the only thing that fixes a worship disorder is true worship. It's a worship disorder. Samson, what has happened, if I would suggest, is that you have missed out on a sense of who God is to you. There's something about who only God can be to you and your worship of him. You've missed out on that. So now you are being reactive. You are, you know, trying to, everybody is disappointing you. Everybody is wrong with something. Everybody is blah, blah, blah. Because suddenly you want people to be God and they just, it just doesn't fit. Relationships are broken and you can't even stay. Nobody understands you, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, maybe there's a worship disorder at the root that what God alone can be to you. Something is failing on that. And unfortunately, people can't carry the burden of being God. The only thing that can fix a worship disorder is true worship. And I need God to be what only God can be in my heart. I need God to take a place that only God can take in my life. I need to get my way right with God. And so what Jesus is showing in Matthew 22, you see, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, it is based on something between you and God that you can now be expressing love with people and your neighbor and yourself and all of that. But love really starts by setting God right. Let me tell you something, Samson, and everybody else who maybe in some way or the other feels that pain of, I see it, I see what you're saying, I see, uh, I see what I should be, I see what is the right direction, I know this whole Delilah thing is wrong, I know it's wrong, but I see it, but I feel like I can't. I love Delilah. I love Delilah. I get you, Samson. Maybe you're listening to everything I'm saying today and you're like, yeah, I really get, like, I, Miko, I know. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know where I'm supposed to be, but I, I love Delilah. I love Delilah. There's a way Delilah makes me feel. There's where Delilah takes me. There is what is missing here that only Delilah. There's just, but you know, as we say Delilah, you know this is not of God. You know this is not. This is not well, here's what I want to say to you today, Samson. Jesus knows your struggle of loving Delilah. He knows. He knows your struggle of loving Delilah. And it's interesting because in Romans 7, I'm going to land short, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 19, it says, Paul is speaking and Paul says, I do not do the things that I want to do. I, I know I'm supposed to love Deborah. I'm loving Delilah. But the things that, I, the bad things that I do not want to do is the one I'm doing. When we walk out of church, I, like, I'm, this week I'm passionate what these hands are going to do just in worship and all of that. I know the thing I'm to do. The bad one that I know I should not. Every time you finish again, there's that brokenness within, like, what am I doing here? I don't know if something felt that way. I don't know if after the first time, second time, the third time. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. What my head's doing in Delilah's laps? I'm not supposed to be here. But here I am again. And look at it in the message Bible. It says, I decide to do good. 
but I don't really do it. I now decide not to do bad, but then I do it. Anyway, maybe you've been there. Maybe you know that. And um, by the time you read on in verse 24, Paul then says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Who is help? This struggle and tension of my heart burning, loving Delilah when it shouldn't be. Who will deliver me? Am I doing the things I shouldn't be doing? Picking the calls I shouldn't be picking. I promised myself I'm not going to pick that call again. Still picking it. Going to the places I said I will not go. I'm not being legalistic, but I just know it's wrong. <laughs> I'm still going. It was my New Year resolution. Here we are, February 5th. <laughs> Already gone five times. What do I do? It says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Look at verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ. Here's my prayer for you, everybody, today. My prayer for you today is that you will see Jesus. That's all I can pray for you, that you'll see Jesus. In the middle of Delilah burning a strong passion in your heart and that pool, I pray today that you will see Jesus. Have you, let me ask you, have you ever, Tim, come, have you ever used a fake product before? Have you ever, like, fallen victim of, like, a fake product and you had used it again and again and again. And then one day, somebody just, ah, why are you saying? They gave you, like, heads up about the real. And then you got the real product. Ah! And there was just that sense. Ah! Hey! Ah! Anybody? Come on. We all live in Nigeria, don't we? Like, I told them in first service, I used to have a guy, I used to buy electronics from, and I'll get there, then I'll ask you anything you ask for. Anything you ask for, he'll just ask you, do you want fake or original? I'm like, ah! And he'll tell me, yeah, everything has fake. Even human beings has fake. I said, it's everywhere. Scams. And maybe you've been there before that you have used a fake product to the point that it, the fake was almost looking real until you met the real. And um, what I want to say today is that as we look at Samson today and we see all his strength and all of that, I think Samson was a pointer. What we should see today is that Samson is a pointer to the ultimate, which is Jesus. It's because Samson, you see him at death stretching out his hands. And as Samson stretched out his hands, you remember when he told the boy to put his hands on the pillars. And then he pushed hard and all of that. And he killed more. The Bible says he killed more in his death than in all his life. But I think about how Jesus stretched out his hands in his death. And in that statement, he was given life in all eternity. And I think about how Samson stretched out his hands and as he pushed, he said, he said, give me one more chance. Let me take vengeance on my enemies. And he was pushing judgment on his enemies in his death. But as Jesus died and stretched out his hands, he was taking the judgment that we deserve. And so for everything that Samson was in just a type and a shadow, Jesus was the real perfect picture of it. And here is what Jesus did. Where Samson failed... Where Samson failed. Because where Samson was just trying to bulldoze with external strength and show everybody and move power and all of that. Where Samson failed. Because on the inside he was bleeding and he was hurt and he was messed up and he was just making himself a victim of every one more Delilah and the prostitute there. And every broken relationship and all of that. Where Samson failed. I'm so glad that I have me a high priest that walked those same story. And he was tempted in every way but the Bible says he was without sin. Listen, where Samson failed, Jesus won. And the invitation of the scripture for us today is not to just try and imitate a Samson and say, oh, I'm just being strong and I'm trying hard. I'm not going back to Delilah one more day. I'm not. It's not to just 
try and win where Samson lost it. The invitation of the scripture is to see that Jesus is the perfection. And in him, we can walk in his steps. That by what Jesus did, he gives us an example. And he gives us an empowerment to say, now you come, walk in my steps. Listen, when Jesus died, and in his love for us, in his own statement of love, it was not going down with a Delilah. In his own statement of love, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Samson's statement of love, it was a Delilah and compromise. But in Jesus' statement of love, it was life. It was an overflow of life. And I'm so grateful today that I don't have to be building a love story trying to be like Samson, be the strong man, be the macho. I can build a story of love as I imitate Jesus and as I receive him and as I walk in his steps. Listen, true, state, true faith starts by realizing that what Jesus did, he did so that in him, he, we're not just being impressed. It's not just, oh, Jesus, nice guy. No, he didn't do it to impress us. He did it to give us an example and to empower us to walk in it. And so I can have life through his love. That can be my pattern of love. As a Christian, I don't just have the Samson type of strength. Trying to hold it together, broken on the inside, you know, trying to come to a church service, lift up your hands, you impress everybody on the outside, but on the inside, bleeding and broken. That's not the picture of strength God calls us to. The picture of strength that God calls us to is a picture of what we see in Jesus. Listen, let me tell somebody this morning, if you're a child of God, you have Jesus. You are in Jesus. You have the life flow to be everything that God calls you to be. And so as you look to him, as you set your eyes on him, as you become passionate, as you rediscover your worship, as you put him in his rightful place, place as you set him right i know there's all the pool of the delilah whatever that is in your context there's all the pool of the delilah and i just really feel i love delilah and here's what i'm saying don't treat the symptoms let's deal with the sickness the sickness is you lost something about who jesus is to be to you that's the missing part that's the missing part and as you discover your worship here's what i would say if you get your worship right you will get your love right if you get your worship right then you will get your love right. If I love the Lord my God with all my heart, then I can love my neighbor as myself. Then I can love and express the love that he works in my heart. Then I can be the kind of person that he calls me to be. Then I can live out the life of love in a broken world, of an undeserving world. It's not about that. It's about my worship that is finding expression. It's not about what they did. It's not about how they treated me. It's not about what's going on in the world. It's something about who Jesus is to me that is finding expression. If you get your worship right, then you can get your love right. It's something about who Jesus is to us. The point is, we lost sight of that. We, 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 we moved away from that. We moved away from the sense of the covenant, of the call, of the presence of Jesus. And then we're trying to fix it in all our striving and all of that. And today it's Delilah. Tomorrow it's the prostitute. Next day it's the people we're trying to fight. And somebody that did that. And get back. Vengeance, judgment and all of that. But the beautiful picture God calls us to is that we can look to Jesus. And in looking to him, then we can get our love right amen amen does this help anybody today would you stand with me to your feet this morning and somebody say with me if you can just hold out your hands wherever you are everybody online stand in this moment excuse me and if you just hold out your hands and say i love you jesus say i set you right i make you my priority say help me love you over and over again and through you Help me find life and right expressions as I walk my love story. Let's say that one more time. Say, I love you, Jesus. Think about that for a moment and say it again. Say, I love you, Jesus. I set you right. I set you as my priority. Help me to love you over and over again. And through you, help me to find life and right expressions as I walk my love story. 
Now, can I give you 60 seconds to just pray about that? I don't know what's talking on your heart this morning as you stand in this moment. I don't know what's calling out to you, but somebody needs to just rediscover their worship so that they can get their love right. Somebody just needs to rediscover who Jesus is so that we can get our love right. Maybe you're here and you walk in, and if you'll be honest, man, I'm loving Delilah. I'm in love with Delilah. Maybe for you, it's a time of repentance. It's a time of coming away. Maybe it's a time of asking God to give you the structures that you need. Maybe it's a time of asking God to reconnect your feet to help you to find your way. Maybe you're in the middle of a Delilah conversation this morning. But today I just wonder you take a moment and begin to talk to God. Talk to God. What's hitting you this morning? Talk to God. It's not a good message till you can get a response to it. Till you can get a response to it. Talk to God today. Somebody needs to say, God strengthen me to love what is right. To love what you call me to love. To express it in the right ways. Lord help me not to be loving Delilah. Not to be giving my passion and my strength to what is not of you to what is not of your calling God save me from my error save me from my weakness save me God somebody pray somebody pray let it just all come together in a time of worship of saying Jesus I give you your rightful place Jesus all for you you are my priority you are my passion and Lord, today I repent of when I've tried to find it in people. I've thought, oh, the sense of rest and of fulfillment and all of that is in. Oh, come on. Don't put a burden on people to play God. People can't be God to us. Listen, God can play people. God can be the father to the fatherless. He can be the husband to the widow. He can, he can play the role of people, but people can't play God. Nobody can play God. Why don't you just put God in his rightful place again today? If you will get your worship right, you will get your love right. Maybe you've been so busy, so broken, but you just feel the, the emotional pain. It really doesn't matter. See, Jesus knows and understands that you love Delilah. But today, if you would set that love and say, Jesus, I love you. I set you in your rightful place. Oh, come on. If you can get your worship right, then you can get your love right. Jesus, we thank you. And today we turn our hearts to you of ourselves we know the feeling of humanity we know we know how we just get to those moments where all we are is we're just being human it's just the pool it's the talk it's the distractions it's the manipulations of the devil but today God we set it right by just being attracted to you in a whole new way I just pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit you'll just stir up a love for you Lord out of which we can really be living our lives and finding true love and life Thank you for who you are to us, Jesus. We love you and we adore you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. If I can invite us to just stay standing and everybody online, wherever you are, if you can stand in this moment. Somebody came to church today and is not in the right place with God. And I always want to give that moment, that opportunity for you to be reconciled, to, to find him. You know, that's the point of all of this. The point of all of this is not you striving your way, trying to do it better. The point of all of this is surrender. Surrender to a God who in Jesus did everything so that when you say yes to him, then your yes accounts um, for more than you could think or imagine because Jesus did the big one upon that cross 2,000 years ago. Maybe you say, why, why do I need that? Because of ourselves, every one of us is messed up. The only way we have any standing with God, none of us is good enough for a holy and almighty God. The only way we can have a standing with him is through his own provision for us that he worked in Jesus 2,000 years ago upon that cross. So Jesus died a death he had no business dying so that we can have a life that we don't deserve to have. That's the beauty of surrender, of reconciliation with God through Jesus. I don't know who you are. Maybe you 
standing this morning listening to me and saying, man, I'm not born again. I'm not in the right place with God. Or at some point in my life, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. But as we speak, I've walked away, made poor choices. I'm far away from God. And I need to be reconciled with God today. I need the gift of forgiveness. I need his mercy in my life today. I need today to be that day when I say yes to Jesus. And I walk out of those doors with a boldness that I'm on the right page with God. I'm just going to count to three and wherever you are this morning, I want you to put your hand on your chest, whether you're in this building or you're online anywhere, put your hand on your chest just as a statement of your choice this morning to follow Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Where you are, put your hand on your chest. God sees you and he knows you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees you and he knows you. And that's a miracle that is happening in your life this morning. God bless you. Thank you for your sincerity this morning. I believe there are also people online doing that this morning. God sees you right where you are. And that's a miracle that is happening in your life today. You know what we're going to do? This is a family, not a crowd. So we're all going to join in with you. But I'm going to lead you to say a prayer. I want you to say these words with boldness today, knowing that God hears your voice. God knows you. God sees you right now. Wherever you are, God sees you. And come on, let's say these words together with boldness. Can we all say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and is the savior of the world. Say, I believe he laid his life down so that I can find forgiveness and I can be reconciled with you. Say, I make today the day that I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. See, I will choose to follow you all the days of my life. I surrender everything to you. I'm a child of God. And one day, I'll be with you in heaven. I believe it. Amen. Amen. Congratulations to everybody who prayed. That prayer this morning, a miracle just happened in your life. And hey, man, we are so excited about it. Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus. And we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.